BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is the Spurs Cast with your host, Paul Garcia. And welcome back to another episode of the Spurs cast. In today's episode, I'll be discussing the Spurs' current three-game losing streak, as well as Victor Wembanyama's play in those games. Let's go and jump right into this episode. So, uh, you know, the Spurs, I'm getting some memories of last season here. So, unfortunately, the Spurs are in a, in a tough spell right now. Um, I was actually going to record on um, on Tuesday night when the Spurs were off but they had they were coming off the heels of a 41 point blowout so i was like okay let's wait till the next game on on wednesday and let's see how this goes maybe they'll play a little bit better it'll be a little bit more you know a little bit more competitive basketball to talk about on the podcast and you know they didn't lose by 41 on this night but they still got blown out um at new york so um i'm i'm doing something a little bit different normally i have like a data digest you know the film or the stats and things like that so what i'm actually doing is i'm recording immediately after the spurs' loss to the knicks so um again i'm not going to focus too much on that game because i didn't really have a lot of time to prepare for it cuz i just watched it and i'm just going off my observations from what i saw um so so again i'm not going to focus too much on this knicks game cuz it just happened it, like the, the players haven't even probably done their their post game interviews yet as i'm taping this but i'm going to focus more so on those other two games, the Toronto game and also the um, the Pacers game. So let's do a quick rundown of the games, and then I'll, then we'll have a discussion about Wemby and kind of his play from those first two games. So uh, let's go back to Sunday, and I'm recording this again on, on a Wednesday night. The Spurs lost uh, at home against the Toronto Raptors. Um, just one thing to note is that Devin Vassell was not available for this game. He was still out with that, um, that injury, that ad- adductor, left adductor injury. And so the Raptors were favored by three and a half, but it was the Spurs who came out very well. They led by as many as 22 points. Um, and then going into the fourth quarter, they were actually up still by 15 points, San Antonio. However, in the fourth quarter, the Raptors length and their switching, um, their ability to basically play um, five players with a lot of length and size who could kind of just, just move around different spots. They really forced the Spurs' offense into a struggle there in the fourth quarter, and San Antonio had a difficult time. Uh, the Raptors did make the comeback, and then in overtime, they executed better than San Antonio, and they ended up winning that game in overtime by seven points, the Raptors. Uh, and then one thing to note, though, that you're going to see as a trend is that the Raptors won the three-point line on that night by 27 points, 57 to 30. And that's part of how you make a comeback is by, by, is by making some threes. Then on Monday, on the second out of a back-to-back and an East Coast back-to-back, so again, San Antonio um, lost on Sunday. They had to fly from San Antonio to Indiana. Uh, and then again, it's an it's an earlier time because it's, it's on the East Coast now. Um, they're, in, they're in Indiana. There's no Devin Vassell again out due to injury. The Pacers were favored by eight and a half, and 
Uh, it was a blowout. So the, the Pacers led by, by 60 points after the first quarter. That was like the last signal of like competitive basketball. The, the Spurs ended up trailing by as many as 44 points on this night. Uh, that's, so, that's their largest deficit margin so far this season. And they ended up losing the final tally by 41 points. Um, this, the Pacers scored 152 points in regulation. Again, not even overtime needed regulation basketball. Uh, Indiana puts up 152. And same thing that we saw there. The Pacers outscored the Spurs 60 to 24 from the three-point line. And again, with Vassell out for those two games, that was one thing that, that's notable is that it's that um, on the offensive end, their volume of threes just completely goes down because he's one of their high-volume shooters who's more efficient than most of the players on the team. And so you see the the, the, the loss of Vassell there in those in those offensive stats. But then defensively, the Spurs, you know, just giving up 60 points from three, giving up. 57 points from three was it was is going to be tough to beat anybody even if, even if even if Vassell had been there uh and then so so let's just get through a quick recap of this Knicks game because like I said it's fresh it just ended right now uh, as I'm recording this so Devin Vassell did return from this game however he didn't start he came off the bench and the Spurs looked like just wanted to see how his legs were because he didn't play in the second half he only played in the first two quarters and also there was no reason to to risk you know having Vassell out there for a lot of minutes considering that they were getting blown out in this game so um just to, to know what Vegas said uh the Knicks were favored by nine in this game and the Spurs ended up losing it by 21. Um, the Knicks led by as many as 30 points in this game. Uh, the Spurs, though, did fight back in the fourth quarter. They got it all the way down to 14. It got it got a little interesting there. They're down by 14. Um, Keldon Johnson gets the free throw line, and um, he ended up, he ends up missing two free throws. But you know, again, if had he made those two, it could have been a 12 point game. And you know, things could, could get interesting a four possession game. However, the Knicks responded down the stretch. Uh, and then um, with like two and a half minutes left uh, in the game, uh, Coach Pop uh, basically emptied out the bench. He took out a lot of the starters and core players. And then the uh, you know the Knicks ended up winning that game by 21. Uh, Victor Wembanyama had a very tough night here because, like I said, I'm going to talk about some more positives for him here in a bit on the other two games. But on this night, he really had a tough night. Um, four of 14 shooting the basketball for 14 points, um, and a lot of Spurs players did too. And not just not just not just Wemby. One player who did have a great night um, uh, scoring the basketball was Jeremy Sohan. We really saw him attacking the Knicks's interior interior defense he even made a three-pointer uh, he ends up with 16 points on this night but again a lot of the time that the 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 margin was pretty big uh for san antonio and like i said it was a blowout most of the night so how did the spurs do in these past three games vegas said they would go oh and three and they ended up going oh and three again not even vegas projected that they'd get blown out in all of these by, by over um 20 points in each of these losses and uh or not not each of them but you know the raptors game was close but again just the fact that they, they got blown out in those back-to-back games so it's a it's a tough road ahead for the spurs um let's see if now going back to san antonio on friday they can get things back um you know back into shape here and to at least try to pick up a win uh it is their official first in-season tournament game on friday they're going to host the minnesota timberwolves uh where are the spurs right now through eight games they are now three and five so last time recorded they had just beat the suns in that in that game um and so they haven't had a win since then so you know a three-game losing streak they're facing their first three-game losing streak of the season again let's see how they respond on friday uh when they host the minnesota timberwolves uh just going to go through their quick numbers because um these numbers aren't updated with the knicks game involved so these are before the knicks game um going into this game on wednesday they were they were 22nd on offense um before the Knicks game. And then on defense, they were already uh, dead last in the league again, 30th where they finished last season. They were allowing 120 points per 100 tonight against the Knicks. They gave up, I think it was 126 or 125. So that, that number is probably going to stay pretty bad for San Antonio uh, where they're ranked defensively. 
And then I am waiting more so on like on a 10 or 15 game sample size before I do like a deep dive on where all the numbers are for the team as a whole in each area. I do want to do a podcast about that. So again, it's only been eight games. So I'm going to still hold off just for now. Uh, let's just call this still a small sample size. But one thing I'm noticing, especially in these three losses, is that that trend that's happened the last few seasons for San Antonio and that is the uh, the uh, deficit from the three-point range. So uh, right now, as of these eight games, they are now one in five when they get outscored uh, from the three-point line. So again, when, when the other team wins the three-point line in these games, all five losses for the Spurs have come because San Antonio lost the three-point battle in these games. And just it just shows you um, in this three-game losing streak that they're se- severely losing this, 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 um, this uh, battle right now. Against the uh, Raptors, again, they lost it by 27 points. Against the... Um, Pacers, they lost it by 36 points. And then even tonight against the Knicks, they lost it by 30 points. So again, that three-point gap is something that they really got to work on. And again, I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a deeper dive into the numbers uh, in a future episode once we get a little bit more data and, and also do some some film watching and seeing, you know, where are they missing the rotations, things like that. And like I said, two, for two of those games, uh, Vassell is a big part of them, at least staying with the opposite team in three-point shooting. And, and when he's not available, that's just that just shows you how much uh, of, of a deficit they have in, in three-point shooting uh, the team. Some other news that came out earlier this week on Monday was that the NBA announced the uh, the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Players of the Week. Now, in the Western Conference, Stephen Curry was the Player of the Week for the Western Conference. However, Victor Wimbanyama, in just week two of his rookie campaign, was already a nominee for the Western Conference Player of the Week. So that just shows you that Wemby's already starting to, um, you know, before this these losing streaks, Wemby was starting to, to garner some of the attention and putting up numbers that some of the some of the best players in the in in the NBA do, especially the fact that he was recognized there as a nominee nominee for the Western Conference Player of the Week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc okay so for now our first topic i want to just basically dive more so into Wemby's play uh against the raptors back on sunday and um and so what i'm gonna do is just not not go through every single play um you know as, as i watched the film and, and talked about some of the numbers more so just seems like some plays that really interested me or just like stuck out to me uh for Wemby on both ends of the floor on both offense and defense and so let's go back to to sunday against the raptors so on offense he ends up um well, he ends up playing 38 minutes in this game because it went to overtime. Uh, he scores 20 points on seven of 16 shooting. He, he struggled from the three-point line, two of seven shooting from three, four of five from the free throw line, four assists, two turnovers, and he was a third in usage at 24%. Um, just some, some things that I, some notes that I made were that uh, the Raptors had Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi guarding him. And that's something we've seen is a lot of wing players guarding him. 
uh, so far in this early season. I know that the Knicks really made it a point of emphasis tonight to have um, uh, Mitchell Robinson and Isaiah Hardenstein guard him. They wanted more bigs to guard him. But normally we see wings players guarding Wemby on a night-to-night basis against most teams. Uh, one, one play he made in the first quarter, uh, he made an and one um, spot up three pointer um, circling the top of the arc uh, to the other side of the arc. So basically he's on one side of the arc. He kind of just like trails around real quickly. The Spurs give it to him. His defenders like caught off guard that he's that quick to just move around the arc like a, like a shooter, like a, you know, like a, like a shooting guard type of shooter. He gets that ball, he shoots it and he makes it and then he, he gets fouled on the same play. Um, in the first quarter, there was this is a play uh, where he catches the ball basically at the logo. He uses like a rip through move and gets between um, uh, uh, Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. And then he finishes with a two handed dunk. So that again, that was a very impressive play that the seven foot four player is making that kind of a, a move away way outside from the um, from the three point arc. In the first quarter, also, it just shows you the kind of attention he draws. He and Jetty Osmond ran a, ran a pick and pop where where um, he screened for Jetty. Wemby popped out to the three-point line. The defense of Toronto followed Wemby, and that allowed Jetty to get a wide-open layup um, underneath, and he finished that. And then in the fourth quarter, there was a really impressive play that shows his passing vision. Uh, the Spurs designed an alley-oop for him out of a timeout um, where Keldon Johnson was going to throw the ball to Wemby out of the timeout. So um, Trey Jones set a back screen on Wemby's defender. The Raptors did a great job in reading that. And so Keldon was forced to throw it to Wemby because the ball's already in midair. And Wemby's got two players on him. He's kind of like almost falling out of bounds. He catches the ball midair and he throws it straight to the to the hoop where, where Charles Bassey is basically rolling in and Bassey catches it and finishes it up for a layup. So that was a very impressive play. Again, showing Wemby's um, um, uh, passing passing vision there. A play he made in crunch time of this game was um, he got an offensive rebound. Harrison Barnes was kind of like cheating off of Keldon Johnson. And then he uh, Wemby's got the ball in his hands on, on the post on one side and Keldon's way on the opposite, the other side of the corner. Wemby throws a one-handed pass and it kind of goes in between two defenders. Keldon catches that ball and he makes a corner three-pointer and that, that that was one of those plays where Keldon made the made the shot, but Wemby again created that that opportunity by um, by throwing that ball to Keldon and finding him. And again, the, what was notable was the fact that he threw it between two defenders and, and, and that ball went straight to Keldon. It didn't get intercepted there. And it obviously it kept the Spurs in the game, even though they ended up losing there in overtime. One of the plays he made in overtime, um, he was posting OG Ananobi. Uh, he goes for a one dribble um, to the right and makes a fading jumper with Pirtle helping to contest. Just so again, just shows that that he's able to um, make some big shots there uh, in those closing moments. And then uh, another play was uh, the Raptors, or just not a play, but something I noted here on offense was that the Raptors. Um, I, I know that some of the comments I was seeing on Twitter that night when the or that, that day when the Spurs lost was like, uh, you know, why why weren't the Spurs getting the Wemby the ball in the fourth quarter a lot? One problem though was that the, the Raptors were sending very quick double teams at him, and they just always had. If you ever just push pause in a lot of the possessions, when Wemby's out, he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Um, they just always have players sagging off those those three point shooters from the Spurs because again, the Spurs don't have a lot of um, threatening three point shooters out there, and so the UAC. See the, the defenders, especially that Toronto has a lot of size and length at almost every position. They were kind of just sagging off and kind of hanging, hovering around the three point line. And so, anytime the Spurs tried to make that pass to Wemby, there was always almost like two bodies next to him at, at most times. So that's something that that they're facing is that lack of spacing, especially with with the uh, some of the lineups that they're putting out there. Then on defense on this night, Wemby had nine rebounds and a career high five blocks and one steal. Um, some just I'm just going to mention some of the blocks he made, not not all of them. In the first quarter, he had a very impressive block where um, OG Ananobi tries to go one on one against him under the rim. Wemby not only blocks it, but then he could basically corrals it, so he basically holds onto the ball, so it doesn't even have to go in the air. He just he just takes it. Uh, there was another one. There was another block in the third quarter where he blocks an an, um, an OG Ananobi corner three point attempt. So I think that was like his second or third one this season that he's now blocked three point attempts 
And then in overtime, it wasn't a block, but there was a possession. Um, I think it was Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer that retweeted this, where he basically forces the Raptors shooters to shoot two air balls in one possession where he's kind of just contesting them. They shoot one player shoots an air ball. The Raptors get it back. Another player takes a corner to shot when we contest. And that player also shoots, shoots a, a, another air ball. So again, just the fact that that's something that, that I wish the data kind of tracked. It was, you know, how many air balls is Wemby creating, how many, um you know, deterred shots uh, in terms of those kind of things that or players just not wanting to go in his vicinity. That's obviously not a stat that, that gets tracked, but again, that that's something that, that we know that's happening when he is out there on the floor. So again, that was, his night against the Raptors. And now again, on the, against the Pacers on Monday, it was basically a blowout. So, um, you know, it, Wemby didn't, Wemby had a tough night, but so did most of the Spurs players in this night. So on offense, he ends up playing um 21 minutes. He scores 13 points on three of 12 shooting again, a tough shooting night. just like a lot of the Spurs players. Um, he shoots two of five from the three point line on this night, five of six from the free throw line. Uh, zero assists, two turnovers, and then he had a 32% usage, which was first on the team. Uh, just some plays I noted on offense for him on this in this blowout for the Spurs. Um, he was being defended by Obi Toppin most of the night. And then also, like I mentioned, wing players guarding him. He had uh, Aaron Neesmith guarding him as well most of the night uh, there against Indiana. One play he made in the second quarter is uh, he drives on Neesmith to the left side. Then he did a 360 spin uh, to the left, but he missed that layup. But again, just the fact that the seven four seven four um, seven foot four player is driving in, spinning to his left 360 in midair, and, and almost making a layup, but he, he ended up missing that layup. But again, just shows you his athleticism and his vertic verticality and how impressive um, he can create some plays. In the second quarter, he um, he made a wide open 28 foot three. So this is the one that was I remember seeing a few people retweeting this on Twitter, where he um, he catches the ball basically like. His, his foot initially catches it like where that P's at in the Pacers logo. And then he, he obviously steps in just a bit, but, but it gets recorded as a 20, 28 footing, 28 foot um, th spot up three that gets made uh, as a trailing three. So that, that, that there shows some of his distance on those wide open threes. Then in the third quarter, he had a play where he's dribbling the ball up the court. He passes to Zach Collins. Zach gives it right back to him. And, um and, and, uh, and Wemby makes the three. Um, and, and so it was, this was happening during the blowout, but again, one thing that, that just, just caught my eye was that, um, when I used to watch Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum together on the Blazers, that was a play that they would do where Dame's bringing the ball up. He passes to CJ who's waiting up at top of the arc. And then CJ just gives it right back to him, like a give and go three pointer, basically. And then Dame would pull up and shoot or vice versa. CJ passes Dame, Dame passes it back. So again, the fact that Wemby and Zach are already trying to start building this chemistry where, where he, where he gives it to Zach at the three point line. He said he gives it right back. And then in, and the defense can't, can't react in time, especially that usually two bigs are guarding them. And then Wemby pulls up the three. So I'm interested to see if they start, they start working on that play a little bit more or like that. That wasn't really a play. It's more so just a read. If they start working on, on that, the, the two of them, that, that would be, that could be a very crucial shot especially if uh, Wemby has that shot going down on, on, a, on a specific night. And then just something else I mentioned was that um, uh, he was basically, you know, again, not just him, but a lot of the players, uh, because they were down by so many points, he was basically forcing a lot of shots Wemby on this night, uh, like most of the team. Um, and then he didn't play in the fourth quarter because it was a blowout and because previous night he had they had already played the Spurs in overtime. So those are some of the things that I, that I noted on offense. And then defensively, um, he ends up with 10, 10 rebounds in this game, one steal and two blocks. And then just one thing I noted uh, in terms of the, one of the blocks that was very impressive was that in the third quarter, he had a help block on Obi Toppin, who was putting up a layup, where Wemby actually pinned the, the, the ball to the backboard, and then uh, the Spurs got it back. So again, that was, that was um, pretty impressive there. So again... 
Um, let's 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 hope that the Spurs' um, fortunes change on Friday or this coming weekend when they play either the the the, the Wolves or the Heat because uh, you know this is this is when it becomes not so fun to record some of these podcasts. It just reminds me of last year where you know you don't want to be just talking. It, it's tough to talk about this team when it's just blowout after blowout after blowout. So again, it is very early in the season. It's only game eight that's been done. Uh, again, when we start to get a 10, 15, 20 game sample size, we're gonna have a better idea of exactly what team this is. Maybe they're just on a bad run right now. But it could end up being like last year where they end up being a lottery team. So, again, we'll kind of see. I, I do want to wait a little bit longer for the data, and then I'll start more so diving into the actual numbers of exactly where they're at, you know, what their what their their big problems are. So, again, something that I've just noted initially is that, um, you know, right now that three-point line is huge for them. Defensively, they're, they're just giving up a lot of threes right now. Um, you know, just one 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 player dribbles in, they, they kick out, and then, uh, you know, the Spurs are just scrambling. They're missing the rotations is what I'm seeing early on. Uh, again, I, I will dive into more of the tape of what's going on there and then and then just the team with some of the lineups that they're putting out especially without Vassell what the numbers are showing is that they just don't have um three point shooters out there that the, that the defenders are respecting basically they they sag off a lot of those players which cramps the spacing which makes it difficult for players like Wemby uh, to be able to create and then and then even him you know he's had some some tough goings even against the Knicks i think he shot 4 14 from the floor uh he he even had like an airball three so it's just been a tough three games for the Spurs so again we'll see if by this time next week when i record another podcast if there's more positives to talk about but again, and we'll, we'll kind of just wait and see what happens. So this was just a, a quick, short episode recorded right after the Knicks game. So I want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Spurs cast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review on YouTube and your favorite podcast apps. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by Paul Garcia. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe. Have a great day.